what's going to be? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast, sponsored by Dark Fusion Systems, the best in your custom computing, building, whatever it is. Well, if you need a gaming PC, if you're doing something for creative, making music, just whatever you need, Dark Fusion Systems will build it for you. Ryan Kirby from Fit for King approves of them. That's what he uses for streaming. So yeah, get $100 off your entire build. Use the code CPPOD. At checkout at darkvisionsystems.com, description below. Thank you very much, guys. And now it's to our feature presentation. Three and a half years ago, we interviewed James from Kill the Lights for the brand new album, The Sinner, which came out during the pandemic. Now, their second album, Death Melodies, comes out on March 8th, and we're right back at it again with him. And this album, we dive deep into it because it's good. Like, real good. You guys ready for the deep dive into this one? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. During the COVID shutdown of 2020, this man appeared on the podcast with his band and their first album that was coming out during the pandemic. Now, it's three and a half years later. It's 2024. The second album is coming out on March 8th, and you're going to want to go check it out. It is called Death Melodies, and it is 12 songs of pure insanity, if I do say so myself. When it comes to how they formulate this, you can really tell they created their own sound and every song just really brings you in, hooks you in. And if you like metal, you like fast paced stuff, you like those anthemic drives, this is an album you're gonna wanna check out, but let's dive into it. So please welcome James Clark from Kill the Lights back to the podcast. So James, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Thanks for I being on, it. man. It's It's been quite a while. Just how has life been treating you the past couple of years, getting this album out here? Just how has life been going, man? It's good, good battles up and down, you know, good stuff, bad stuff. Um, but uh, life is good. We, you know, the first record, you know, as you know, we released in the middle of a pandemic, which is never the best time to release a record um, in a hundred years, obviously. Um, <laughs> but no, um, for us, you know, getting that record out, um, we we sat on that record for 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 a while, and you know, it was time to put it out. And then, you know, we in in that in that time, we've been writing, right? So I think we went into the studio this time. I think we had twenty three or twenty four songs demoed out and then narrowed it down to to what the record is you know so a lot of that was kind of figuring out the the top 12 and debating through that spent a day in a in an airbnb just literally listening through and through and like figuring out what the sequencing and everything else too so it, that was a lot of work in itself but you know um you know the great thing about it was we had tunes that we 12 tunes that we felt was super solid and it was a you know creating that whole roller coaster of a ride like we felt happened with the center but just extended and just kind of stretched out every element of the good that we felt we found on the first one and, and i believe we feel we've made a better one in the second so see just hearing that and after listening through the whole entire thing i tend to agree with you on that because going through this whole entire album really listening to every single song there was a lot there when it came to just when it came to Kill the Lights really showing what your style is, what your core sound is, and then expanding on that and hearing potential different influences came in to expand the sound, to create something that's even grander, to allow some of those faster paced songs with those more, you know, just pulse pounding and shredding riffs to really amplify and work out. But then even when some of the times it's slowed up, you know, it really works to bring out some of the uh, emotional anthemic overall force. Plus, I thought, especially on this album compared to the last one, how your vocals were mixed in with everything made made a lot of these songs stand out so much more forcefully. Just taking the time to really write, understand this, pick those 12 songs and really hone in on them over the past three and a half years. I, this album had absolutely paid dividends on. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, 
probably most bands you'd interview says this album is better than the last album really i mean th that's that it's mm -hmm. standard practice but what i do feel is on this one um you know the first album was us figuring out kind of who we are right having some big characters in the band in a great way of uh the guys have been in been in big bands before and and how, how do you melt that together right and how do you create its own identity i do feel this record is it's kind of like that it okay that is what killer lights is that's that's who they are right and and you know a balance of influence you know but creating its own sound and if it had its own release not knowing anybody you not knowing any of the, the members in it you just still probably feel really good about it so uh super proud of this one i think for me vocally i've pushed the boundaries for myself um you know i've been in bands for 20 years at this point um and i feel like it's the most well-rounded i have uh you know song wise from you know sleep the devil being kind of a slower song to some of the thrashier tunes the super heavy tunes like that balance i think i'm most proud of this this body of work specific to like how will i push myself doing some falsetto stuff on stuff that i've always kind of wanted to push in there and do it and we just said screw it let's just throw it in there and and, and mess around and like the, the best thing about this has been is we, we didn't try and restrict ourselves like on, on what we can and can't do and you hear that in the first record we, we we didn't shy away from trying different things uh but this one's like like let's take all those elements and stretch it as far as we can you know and st but while still maintaining the shape of an album so i think we did that oh you absolutely did that you could definitely tell with the sinner you guys were trying to expand that sound trying to test the water see where you guys potentially go but of course after writing a whole record together and now coming back to do the second one there's got to be this increased overall comfortability and chemistry that everyone has together. So when it comes to stretching all that out and really pushing the boundaries even further than you thought it could be, then you're seeing some of those faster paced songs come out. You're seeing some of those more slower melodic, even some of those ballad songs come out of it. And you're seeing the massive range that you can come up with with your sound. And when it comes to your vocals specifically, not only are we getting some of those just absolutely bombastic uncleans that just overpower everything in the best light but the transitions to some of those cleaner parts the different pacings the different crescendos on the overall tone and then how it leads into some of the breakdowns as well the mixture overall and how your vocals are put in there it was a tough ask to see if you could get all those things to work together but every step every song i listened to all i could think about from your vocal standpoint was Everything flows together so nicely and congruently where the power of your vocals is absolutely amplified, but for the most part, it is never, you know, at the expense of the backing instrumentals. The mixture on this was fantastic. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's a couple of things going to play, coming into play, right? Um, uh, obviously we work with Colin Richardson and Chris Clancy again. So Chris was, we kind of sat down and Chris kind of worked through the, the, the pre produced stuff right the demos and kind of gave it you know so we had like a, a production on a production with it right so that was one thing um and chris did a, a it was a huge part of the production team and a huge part of producing this time really to be honest um so some of his elements that came into play there um you know us as a band writing collectively in a room this time it was a big part of it too um so there's a lot of factors really impacting how we got there but um it was fun i mean we we did most of the record in england uh, to Andy Sneep's place uh, and Andy produced Judas Priest and was also the guitarist of Judas Priest for a long time so we uh, may or may not have heard some early more unreleased Priest which is amazing um, but he, like I said great guy but just to be in, to be living in the in environment you know creative environment like that and 
you know, having the ability to change songs up in the studio. And, you know, for me, some of the, some of the, you know, again, as well, but Jay kind of coming into the fold, right. Um, that's added a new element. Now, the cool thing about Jay is you, I think everybody, if you ever were a fan of bullet would recognize his voice, his scream, he's got a super defined scream, but the way we managed to kind of melt him into the band right now and have it become its own entity, it's been super cool while still maintaining this whole killer lights is his own thing. You know, it's, it's, it's been really cool. And he, he brought a whole new level of creativity and ideas and things too. And just spirit as a whole, you know, such a character. So um, I think it's, we've kind of find, find a really found a really nice space um, to be, you know, writing music and just creating. Yeah. And of course you're going to get some of those like bullet influence in there because you have Jane Moose and it's going to just end up yeah. coming in, especially when they've yeah. created with them for so long. Yeah. But yeah. now you're really seeing more of that kill the lights overall focus really coming yeah. to light with those different pieces put in there. And you said for this album, you know, you guys are able to actually write together in a room compared to, I know you guys are all over the world where you got a couple of yep. guys in and a couple of guys here in the U.S. And not only when you're here in the U.S., if I looked at it, it's like every, like, I know you're kind of in the Midwest. I know there's someone else in the Midwest, someone on the West Coast, two guys over in the U.K., just all over the place. When it comes to actually writing this together, though, I mean, it definitely shows dividends in terms of what the output is on this album. So, what was that overall different feel, especially from writing it together all in a room, but also the comfortability and chemistry that was built up during that process? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, so we have the we have the ability and, you know, the way the world works right now is we can write in five different studios, right? But at the same time, this was great because we had multiple, like we had a session in Windsor, which is in Canada. Canada. We crossed the border at the time we couldn't all get together, but we could all go to Canada. So we met there for a week. Um we had writing sessions in England. We had writing sessions in Minneapolis, you know, so, we, you know, and then there was times where two of us would get together or three of us would get together and do that too. So it was a collective. Um, but the, 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 the cool thing about it all is, is like, there's a kind of even mix of writing on this. So not, you know, uh, me and Trav did a couple of tracks, me, Trav and Jay did a couple of tracks, Moose, uh, Moose and Jordan did a couple of tracks with Trav. Like it's, it's kind of all over the board, but it was everybody kind of influencing and everybody and just, there was no platform or, or a uh, uh, guide for what we should write. It's like, let's write a song today. You know, it was it was pretty free. Like, what are you feeling? What are you feeling today? You know, like it. And that's always the best. Like, the most creative things come from just feeling pretty free to be able to write what you want, you know? And so I think the album is a good reflection of that. The album definitely is a reflection of that. Again, just I was looking through some of it and, of course, the whole entire thing. And just picking out different pieces of like, okay, this definitely has more of that kill the lights feel from the center. Now this has a little bit of that like bullet influence in there. Now I'm seeing some other like Avenged Sevenfold influences coming. I saw some Chevelle influences pop in. I saw some Trivium influences pop in as well. So just being able to expand that sound from these other places and just really create something that is much more creative overall because you have the freedom to work together, but also work as a couple of people, work as a couple, like two or three into these different writing sessions, try these different things. It really comes out to really getting that understanding of you guys have so many different places that you're coming from. Your influences are taking over and really coming together really well. And even if you take a couple of pieces out just for one song, when it comes to the writing standpoint, you're still going to have that core there, but you're going to be able to open up and try something completely different that's still going to hit just as hard or hit just as anthemically as the rest. That is what I think was probably the biggest thing on this album because going through it, of course, I'm always like, let's see what's going to happen. You know, I don't want to go in there with too big of uh, 
ex- expectations because then if all of a sudden it doesn't live up to those expectations, I feel let down when it could be a really good album. I won this with no expectations, just trying to clear my head. After like the first three or four songs on the record, I just could not stop smiling because I'm like, this is this is something incredible, man. So yeah, we 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 feel pretty good about it. I mean, like we're super excited for people to hear it. You know what I mean? Like obviously we've had singles out right now. Um, I think in in true reflection my four or five of my favorite tunes and not the singles i mean so and the cool thing is when you ask the guys to pick the top three songs right um i don't know if anybody would pick the same three there'd be a couple crossovers but nobody's really picked the same top three to four songs so knowing that hopefully right that means it's a pretty damn good album if everybody's got different tunes it's not like you know, I think some bands struggle with, like, they have two hits on an album, right? And it's fluff. There's, like, ten filler songs in it. Mm. I would like to think this song, this album is is a collection of 12 songs that are all, they own, they carry their own weight. We didn't pick a song that's like, oh, shit, we got to put a couple, couple, t- couple turds on there. You know what I mean? It's like, it was chosen for a reason, you know? So, um, and there's a lot of time put into that. So, like I say, it's, and, and the cool thing is, like, whether it's a ballad-ish tune or a thrash tune, it it feels like a it feels like a kill the light song right it doesn't we're not mm-hmm. deviating off a, a weird path it's if you listen to the, to the to, from track one to track 12 it feels like a journey through it you know oh it was an absolute journey through it because i remember just going when i was going through it it was one day i took the first six songs and after that i was just smiling smittenly like okay this is insane i wonder if the second half to be able to hold up just because of how good i thought the first half was got through the second half the next day and i just couldn't stop smiling because i thought yeah, you guys definitely pulled that one off. But I also love to hear the fact that, you know, if you're going to ask, the, if I'm going to ask the guys just, okay, top three songs in the album, of course, because there's 12 songs, five members, you're not going to have ones where everything's going to be perfect or you're going to have all 15 unique ones, but you're going to have some crossovers. But the fact that they're mostly, you know, going to be unique in terms of one for the next, that is something that's incredible. And it shows just the influences you guys have, the way you guys are able to write, but also the freedom that you have to express yourselves within this music so that everyone has this own voice in it at the same time where the, the where one voice stands out, but also the collective stands out at the same time. So it just creates musical harmony in a way. I would have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James. So again, you said you brought, like, again, ask the guys top three songs in the album everyone's going to give different answers i want to know what your top three songs on the album are because i want to see if they compare to mine yeah. okay so i have so suicidal is probably up there right um die alone and uh ghost of yesterday would probably be three i probably got five actually but what did you what did you come up with well so um number one for me i just gotta make sure i get the names right because i'm gonna be feel really bad if i get the names so what's right. great what's crazy for me is i'm i'm like so used to hearing when demo name format yeah i'm gonna have to train myself to the for the new you know what i mean but anyway so for me broken bones is probably my favorite overall okay. Okay. and again i know it's one of the singles but i i couldn't help it right when i heard that i'm like i love the drive behind it uh bleeding yep. is one of my other favorites and okay. then the other one is definitely going to be ghosts of yesterday okay so interestingly, so and that, and that's the cool thing about it, right? So to me, obviously, bleeding again, it's got a bit more of a uh, mainstream esque kind of active rock vibe. I guess uh, what what track listing is that? Bleeding. What number is that on it? Four. Yeah. So that and uh, Broken Bones too. Just again, just where they sit, they're in kind of it's kind of the same pocket, right? You know, Ghost Yesterday is up here in the kind of thrashy elements you know like again it's just you know it's got that mix of stuff for everybody you know like and 
the cool thing is you pick three different ones, one of the same as me, and mm -hmm. it's cool that again you found two two different ones from me, right? And I would I'd pick three different ones. So um and and that changes to me, right? When I like I had a question in a previous interview, like, do, do you listen to your own music all the time? Well, obviously I've been singing with these tunes for about two years, so I've I've heard it a lot, right? But it's always fun when you re-listen to it again. I'm like, holy shit, this the dynamic in this song is standing out to me right now. Like I'm I'm singing it, I'm hearing it in a different light, you know. And so I I it's it's hard not to have some shifts and changes in favorites too, which is cool. And it's always fun to be able to say that about your own music, you know. Yeah, it, it always is. And even some of the ones that you brought up too, there are certain pieces of those songs where I just list, I was looking through my notes. I'm like, God damn, those are good. Because I know you brought up one which was uh, Die Alone. And I was, yep. remember listening through that one. It was, I was enjoying it. And then when the bridge and the breakdown hit for that oh. song, that was the thing that really took me over the edge on that one. I thought that breakdown was one of the coolest breakdowns I've heard in a while. So if you listen to drums on that, that's like, just like so throwback i think pantera you know what i mean like it's mm -hmm. six single kicks you know it's just again some of the stuff like moose was doing on drums it's like we don't have to be confined to what like what what should be a standard breakdown anymore right like let's not go with that let's go against the grain a little bit and do so like that's a pretty sick breakdown of that too you know what i mean like and you probably don't expect it going there either you know no. so again i think it was, we've done a we've done a great job with with kind of defining uh things in a slightly different way and be slightly off path to what you probably think it would go down. Oh, absolutely. Cause listening through it, there was one way I'm like, okay, I'm hearing where the bridge is kind of building up. Cause it has a similar build to the intro song, uh, or the first song of the album, uh, hear your scream, hear you scream. But that guitar riff helps, you know, the backies there, the uncleans take us into the breakdown. And then when the breakdown hit, I thought it was one of the coolest things I ever heard because it has that like marching pace in the background, the drums, like you brought up with Pantera, yeah. but it's like, especially from the guitar, it is like heavy metal, like heavier, heavy metal meets funk with the overall flow and the technicality yeah. behind it. But the heaviness of that tuning, so perfect to be matching the aggressiveness of where everything was leading into. So it's like funk aggressive Pantera-esque it made no sense on paper, but you listen to it. Yeah. It's one of the coolest things ever. Then when those uncleans come in in the second half for the guitar solo with those same building chugs, just takes the song into a whole nother light. Yeah. And, you know, again, like when we probably talked about how cool it is for me to play <laughs> with guys that are stupidly talented in the first place. But, you know, th that's a dynamic, right? Like I'm pretty, you know, they make me look really good, these guys. So it's a pretty sweet spot for me to be in, you know. But again, it's just having guys like Trav that, will pull out this solo out of nowhere or this lick or riff and Jordan with his groove, you know what I mean? Or again, or Moose with, you know, his overall groove and drumming ability in, in general. Right. And it's just conceptually. And what's interesting when you, when we chat about like influence, right. We can have a conversation with Moose about, you know, like old school punk and he'll have a really, he'll be able to talk old school punk with you for, for weeks. Right. So it, it's cool to see where the influences come full circle and come around and, and where we're all coming from and you know i i also feel like this album has kind of got a maybe a bit more of a hint to a more modern sound right but not mm -hmm. but just to, to shape make a better shape of the record um we still got like a lot of those thrash influences and metalcore influences and everything else in it but it just i think it's i think we just, it's just a better and better written record you know 
I, I mean, it's definitely coming through that way as well that I think it's better written. Again, it does have a little bit more of that like modern flair to it, but you can definitely pick up a lot of these older influences that make it sound like there are some classic bits to it, but it all flows so well together. Plus, there were a good number of like guitar solos that were on this record where when I'm listening to a lot of records now lately, especially the bands I check in on and get to interview, there's not many guitar solos out there anymore compared to the oversaturation we saw from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and so on. And kind of bringing that back to find that balance once again, where it doesn't have to be all, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, breakdown, chorus, outro. You can put a solo in there somewhere and really make it stand out and have this cooler aspect to it and allow the song to breathe in a completely different light while maintaining that heaviness if that's what you're going for. You guys did that a number of times on this album, and that's something that made me smile. Just to see that happening once again and seeing a band take a chance on that with this heavier style where in modern times, we're not seeing that guitar solo happen nearly as prevalent. Yeah, I think it's all, uh, it's a beautiful texture to have. And if it's done right, it can be brilliant. You know, um, like I say, it tended to be like a, a throwback would be a solo and everything, right? A more mm -hmm. modern scenario is you don't even do a solo, you know? I think, again, it's finding that kind of balance between the new versus the old and what we are. And we're also a guitar-driven band as well, right? With some really talented guitarists that, can clearly do that and it's super fun when they do do it and it adds this whole new dynamic and dimension to it to a song so I mean, it just it just makes for more i'm not gonna say well-rounded record but it just makes for an intenser listening experience due to the fact that we're hearing some of those shreds happen and it just takes us to a whole different place whole different tone for the song as well and maybe changes the energy a little bit maybe it brings a little bit more positivity to it especially when it's on a heavier song and everything is so much more down tuned and has this more aggressive but grittier tone now here comes a guitar solo has a lot more of that higher pitch shred okay now we're taking the emotion maybe bringing some more positivity to it maybe bring a little bit more light to it or maybe bringing more energy to it to break past whatever the song's overall meaning is about there's something there that you guys are really able to hone in on and it worked on a good number of these songs as well. But the best part about it again is you didn't rely on that for every single song. There's a couple of them that have that, but there's a couple of them that just have a little bit more of a different pattern behind them where they don't use guitar solos at all to just keep amplifying up more of the aggressiveness or more of that flow or even some more of that like ballad anthemic style that you guys were going for again, depending upon the song. Yeah, I think it's all about dynamics. So when we went through and picked the 12 songs, it was really about, creating a some of our we always talk some of our favorite records are the ones where you you know i think it's become more of a singles kind of world now but um my favorite records are the ones you can listen all the way through and it's just kind of a bit of a journey right so with death melodies the the lyrically and just conceptually it's around having life's journey whether it's ups downs goods bads struggles um it, it is that journey and we wanted the the, the way the songs feel to kind of be intense but allow you to breathe right give you some space to kind of absorb and take it in and then then hit you again kind of thing right and i think you know why that's that's what we did and that's our intention it did do that as you roll through it, it you, you get that feeling that you're going through a bit of a journey you know oh you definitely get that feeling that you're going through because of course you get to you know song number three on the broken bones you're gonna have that faster intenser pace you know just more uh, upbeat kind of song in terms of aggressiveness but then all of a sudden you go to something like bleeding. Now, again, you're still going to keep some of that energy going, but it's going to be a little more on the anthemic drive of a little bit more of this somewhat radio friendly style of a hit. 
but it's going to keep that overall flow and dynamics continuing on while being more of a, you know, sponge and, or not in a sponge, more of this, you know, ability to stretch out and try different things and get, go into different emotional topics. But then all of a sudden you go to scapegoat, you get back in the faster pace stuff, you really get to kick up on it. But then as you go through the album, I know I got to make sure I get the name of it right because I don't want to like you go to sleep with the devil and now you get something that's a lot more melodic, a lot more ballad like, especially from the beginning. And it really hits on more of this emotional standpoint. But you're going through the emotions. You're going through the whole entire story. You're going through a journey at that point. And if it's all gas, no breaks the whole entire way. You know, it, then it becomes more of like a singles album where you're going to want to pick out one or two. It's not going to be coming down where you're going to want to go through the whole entire thing from front to back. Because if you go through it in that order, when you get to a song like Sleep with the Devil, it's going to have a heavier emotional impact in your brain because of the nine songs that preceded it. Even though it can have a heavy impact on its own, it's going to be more intense if you let those nine songs lead into it first. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we could we could easily write. 12 songs of the same song over and over again. Pretty easy, right? <clears throat> um, we just don't need to do that and don't necessarily want to do that, right? It's 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 a beautiful spot to be in that we we have like a space where we can kind of create here or we can create here and in between that. And um, like I say, Sleep of the Devil, you look at the outro to that, it almost feels like a uh, gospel choir outroing. That's kind of intentional, but like, I mean, it's random like that. Ain't, it's super not metal, right? But um, you know that's that's Chris Clancy in both my, Chris's vocal and my vocal on that one, right? So Chris has got some phenomenal phenomenal falsetto and soul. Um, and I'm like, dude, we need like a we need like a gospel outro or something, right? He's like, screw it, let's 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 create that. Like, when was the last time you heard like an outro with gospel esque <laughs> harmonies at the end? You don't, right? So. Why, you know, why not push that boundary? Why not try it? Does it work? It works. It works for us anyway, you know, and I hope people see that we're, we're not trying to restrict or we're not trying to fit a template. We're trying to just push boundaries a little bit and enjoy it. I have heard some of those like gospel outros happening in music a little bit more, but when I hear them happening, it's definitely for bands that are, you know, on the up and coming spectrum or especially on the newer spectrum. They're just trying okay. to break out and grow. I'm not seeing any bands out there that are, on a much grander scale, trying something like that, maybe because they're afraid to see what's going to happen. They're afraid that it's not going to flow within the overall sound of what they're going for. It's not going to just have this a massive hit with the audience. But I, I think it always is going to because it gives more of that just like that cinematic and theatrical boom at the end, no matter if it's on a softer song or no matter if it's on a heavier song, it adds so much more intensity to it from a place where so many of us can relate to it and feel that intensity of emotion when a gospel chorus comes in and kind of takes you out of it. Or if it's, you know, in a heavier side of things and it adds more of this like deeper, darker, overall, just overpowered, you know, beyond feel. I mean, I've heard gospel, so I've heard like, choir-esque things but the band didn't do it you know what i mean yeah. like so again it's just dynamic right it's just depth and dynamic and sh stuff going on in, in songs that you probably don't expect or just again mixing it up a little bit it's cool maybe we won't ever do that again you know but it worked for this one and it worked for that song so yeah maybe you'll write another one where it'll work for something like that too and just happen to go that route but it's, you know, we take a look at a lot of the bands that are absolutely popping off right now, especially in music. It's the ones that are taking those crazy chances that are really stepping out. And the ones that seem like they're playing it safe are kind of, I mean, they might be continuing, but they seem like they're staying at that same spot. It's, co especially in today's age where there's so much ability to check out new songs, to check out new things. 
and to mix different styles and different ideas together, it's the bands that are doing stuff like that are the ones that are really taking a lot more of a stranglehold on, you know, the top places in the music scene right now and showing a lot more of what this can be. Because over the past couple of years, especially with rock and metal, we're seeing bands do that and we're seeing popularity come back to the genres when we hadn't seen that in the previous 10 years. Bands like Bring Me the Rise and Spirit Box, Bad Omen, Sleep Token, they're the ones that are doing stuff like that that are a little bit different, trying different things, putting these different aspects in there, and it's working. And what you guys are doing here, you're trying whatever you feel like. And by putting some of those instances where it's like, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? Do a lot of people doing this? If it's going to work, just do it. Why not? Give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, and you did so it. We, we shared we shared the same management as Sleep Token, so we got to hang out with those guys and going back pre-COVID, and uh, uh, they were actually well, opening for Polyphia. And uh, but the cool thing about those guys is you can, obviously you can tell right the 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 general public is is very open to having something that is different and creating dynamic and huge huge dynamics in their song, right? We, you know, so. It, it's it's uh it's really cool to see the what the metal public or the metal core public or the overall alternative fans in general they they want to they crave something different too right and if it catches it catches and you know I think that was um Sleep Token's third record I believe second or third record so it took it was a bill for them but that it hit and it hit hard you know so it's really really cool Bad Omen same thing right. They've 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 worked hard. I think they're on the second, third, maybe fourth record. So it took time for them to get where they're at to kind of get that recognition. And the, you know they were they were grinding for a while. It's great to see that these bands are getting recognition. That you know not popping off on album one. Yeah, as much as I would like to see some bands pop off on album one as well, because it going going back to just I've seen a lot of things when it comes to the music festivals that we're seeing. I, again, I'm seeing a lot of different headliners where it's. They're in their like they're in their like 20th or 30th year as a band, which again, if they draw, I totally understand it. But we want to see some newer faces come in to keep that to keep metal and rock and everything. And just having this fresher feel and more of this resurgence and also appealing to another demographic that's going to be continuing to grow the genre overall as life goes on. And now we're seeing that finally with Bad Omens, with Sleep Token, Bring the Horizons constantly innovating as well. I, I, again, I'll bring back Sleep Token once again, just because. I still remember it was 2022. I think they were opening for In This Moment and Nothing More. And this was before uh, Taking Back to Eden comes out. Now it's 2020. Then it's 2023. The album comes out and you're trying to go see them. And tickets are selling out within mere seconds. Like that's an insane change. And you're seeing how people are craving for something different, something new, something that's not just the same old sound over and over and over again. And you're seeing the massive like payoff of it. And I'm not saying that these bands just had it happen to them. They worked hard to get to this point. You guys on this album, you're showing more of that ability to try these different things to try and build your sound and see where it can take you and put these different pieces in there where you never know what might happen. Again, like that gospel chord, that gospel outro, you don't expect that to happen. But when you hear it, it just sounds like it's needed there. And it just brings you in even more compared to if it would have been an expected outro or maybe just, uh, you know, an acoustic guitar that takes you out. And it's like, well, that was another rock ballad. Already on to the next one. Yep. Yep. Again, it's just this is figuring out. <clears throat> I think a lot of it's about being <clears throat> about being transparent, being honest with yourself as a musician and honest with how you write, you know, and um, I think bands kind of see through that crap, don't they? You know, I do. 
I think fans are starting to see through that a lot more now, just as music's becoming a lot more palatable to listen to, just not just palatable, but just available. Because if we're going to see somewhere, okay, here's something that pops off. It's, it's cool. You know, it's one song, like one single, and then nothing comes off it afterwards. It's like, okay, did, was that just like a massive campaign that they ran on the internet? Was it a massive thing on TikTok for one day? And that was it. Or is it going to be able to continue on? It seems like the bands that have that ability to continue out that they have that, you know, actual genuineness of creativity to be themselves. They're putting out in the forefront on those albums. And that's where we're seeing that massive, I'm going to say resurgence, especially when it comes to pop culture, given the fact that 10 years ago, how many times do we hear, you know, tastemakers and, you know, uh, radio DJs say rock is dead. They're not really saying that right now because of bands like this doing stuff like that. Yeah. I'd agree. And it goes around, it goes around in circles, right? It kind of goes cycling around through and the genres come back into themselves and on themselves again. And, you know, it's like, I hear conversations about new metal coming, coming back on itself and, and but there's influence of that in, in new eyes today too. And that's okay too. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> I think it's going to always reinvent itself. And, and the good thing is that it should, right? Metal or metalcore or whatever genre you want to consider can easily get, stale but i think with people pushing boundaries you know and so that's one of the things there's a thousand bands out there right now you got to find somebody you like that being said this is a good and the bad right so lost is a little bit of the time when people go out and buy the record and buy lots of records and you know we'd sit and read through the record case and you know cd and, and read the lyrics and that's lost a little bit now um and but that that's the time of big budgets and big rock stars. Now is the time of you could be a guy on your laptop in a, your home studio and, and you can blow up, right? So it's a wonderful space to do it, but there's also a thousand others of those guys doing it. So it's saturated that way too. So while you create some awesomeness through that, you lose a little bit too. So it's a, it's a tough market right now. It's a tough market where it's it's fantastic that the barrier to entry now is a lot less or maybe even non-existent at times based on what people can do with social media, with their computers, just getting out there and uploading their stuff to Spotify, Apple Music, whatever it might be. So the ability to get out there is easier, but the ability to be discovered essentially is a little bit is even harder because there's so many other people because you're when you're searching stuff up, it's not easy to find some of those smaller artists that are trying to get going. Or like you said, you know, people used to go out, they used to go buy these records consistently. And at that point in time, when you bought a record, you made an investment in the, that sound. You wanted to get the most you could out of that record. If it was a great record, you listened to that over and over and over again. If it wasn't that good of a record, though, then you kept going through it to try and find something maybe you like because you, you dropped $10 on the CD. You wanted to be invested and you put money into it. Now, when it comes to streaming, I mean, you're paying like $7.99 a month. For just for the whole entire service and if you don't like a song you can quickly skip out of it and then you'll never go back to that artist again just because you didn't hear something that you were a fan of for five seconds i mean i think people i think people skip after 15 seconds that's how quickly people skip these days you know like but like you say i would force myself to get into a record <laughs> not it was work but i did i would give it a a wholehearted attempt to really want to love it you know what i mean um which would involve me listening through a record 10 15 times before i decided that it wasn't a good record but um like i say the cool thing is we're in a single space right now and and uh, bands bands have the ability to put out one single and, and get some very good exposure and, and do some great stuff too so it's a crazy interesting time it's a crazy interesting time and i love the fact that bands are able to do something like that but again when it comes to having you get one single to pop up you get that mass exposure that's great 
but you got to build on that. You got to keep do you got to keep that up yeah. because all of a sudden it's, you know, you get that one year where all of a sudden, oh, they had the big hit, the one one hit wonder. And then the next year you're completely on the bottom just because that one hit, it's a year old, it's over, it's done with. And someone else has come along and done the exact same thing in terms of that build that rise up because a certain song hit in a certain space. Yeah, I mean, for us too, it's like, you know, after this record, like we were already thinking about next record. We're already thinking about writing. We were some demos done. And, uh, you know, it's it's important to continue writing. Um, and we're looking forward to, you know, we've got a, a European tour coming up. So we're excited about that and getting in the same space to be able to write again and be inspired by, the, you know, those experiences. So I think it's just, it's just continue to go through and push and, and work. And, you know, again, for us, it's, it's hopefully we're going to have a, some content coming up quickly again, you know, and um, this, again, we, we wrote 24, you know, there was a couple extra recorded, recorded specifically. So um, we've got, we've got content, which is great. It's going to be maddening if all of a sudden death Melly's drops on March 8th. And then, you know, in September, you know, there's more new music coming out from you guys. It's just going to be like, it ain't, no, it ain't, it ain't, gonna be that. That it ain't gonna be, it's going to be, it's going to be a hot minute. It's going to be a hot minute. But, um, ah. but like I say, the main thing is, the main thing is we are going to be, we we've we've got versions of stuff and cool stuff to really you know so it's not it, it, there's no there's no new music in the in the forecast it's i i'm excited about the fact that like we're already working on album three you know that's the exciting thing and you never know when that stuff's going to be ready but then when it comes to death melodies too it's over the course of the album cycle over the course of the release and then over the course of 2024 what other pieces are going to come out of it maybe if there's a track that you guys had recorded from one of those 20, uh, 12 that didn't make it that just okay you know put some out that like that there because why not maybe it's a deluxe piece or maybe it's a single that hey check this piece out because it fits in with the whole entire album or fits in with whatever you guys have going on at the moment it allows for that expansion overall as well plus the the way that the internet works right now i mean you can post up on tiktok instagram with all the with reels do something on youtube whatever it might be you can get creative with it to really turn something around and just take the song and kind of give it a whole new life just based on a different piece of performance art. Yeah. So there's so many dimensions right now, so many spaces to do it. And so many bands that are, you know, uh, getting notoriety from a single that they released six years ago that got picked up from a 20 second clip on TikTok. And now it's got 7 billion views. You know what I mean? And, but making like Skindred would be a good example. You know, I've always been working their ass off for right? a UK band, but working their ass off for, 20 years now you know and and tiktok recently is really <clears throat> projected one of their old singles again you know and they've always been doing club club style mm -hmm. stuff but it's given them the ability to do some arena stuff right now you know what a, what a great what a great space that has been for them right they've always been uh doing it for a living they've always been playing club shows with thousand people at the shows but tiktok did it for them you know which is, which is amazing it's wonderful yeah, another example that would be Pierce the Veil with King for a Day, where again, when, Pe yeah. when King for a Day came out, it was a big song in the scene at that point in time. And then Pierce Veil didn't release anything for seven years between 2016 and 2023. But in 2022, when they were coming back and they were starting to play more live shows, then King for a Day popped off on TikTok. They went out and tour with I Prevail, with I Prevail being the headliner, and Pierce the Veil ended up being the biggest draw on tour consistently every single night. A lot of it was because of the resurgence of that song on TikTok. You never know what might happen. You might get a song off of the center that just pops off on TikTok because someone picks up on it, makes a video about it, and then it just gets put in the algorithm, gets put in the zeitgeist, and it takes off in culture. You never know. It is crazy about Pierce the Veil, too, because it's like, the resurgence is great to see it right i'm like mm -hmm. 
some of us, I think they're doing an arena tour in, in the UK, you know, I'm like, wait a second, they're an arena band, you know, they are now. So there we go. It's great. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, we're seeing bands that have been, that haven't been around for, you know, 30 years that are popping off of this. We're seeing bands that, you know, some of us had known since the the late 2000s, early 2010s, that they're finally getting the recognition that we always thought they should. And it's a beautiful thing because we're just seeing the increase overall in music, especially the stuff that we like, but also what it can influence the next generation musicians to not only create, but also experiment with. Yep. Good stuff. It's great and stuff. We, it's great stuff. We just got to keep it rolling. Well, when it comes to Kill the Lights, though, still now with De- uh, Death Melodies coming out March 8th, I always got to plug that once again. What else on the agenda for 2024 for you guys? So, obviously, yeah, we've got the European tour coming up uh, starting in April. Really excited about that. We hit like five or six, five or six countries. Um, again, um, looking towards the summer, you know, um, nothing announced yet with that, but obviously aspirations to to hit the US um, and continue continue touring and pushing, right? We're excited the fact that we get to actually follow up on this record and push it pretty good. So uh, there's a lot of up to opportunities coming up, a lot of things in the pipeline, a lot of things we can't share just yet, but um, we're just excited to get out and kind of get to get to really shake hands and high five people and really get to see people again, right? So um, it's been a long time coming for us again to get the record out and it's just, um, we're excited about it. So when I saw the when I saw the uh, album was coming out and then I saw the fact that the first tour you guys were having on that was going through Europe, that didn't really surprise me in the slightest. I'm like, I I remember watching a little bit of that stuff, just kind of, of course, keeping tabs on the band. And it seemed like the European market was taking the Kill the Lights better than the US market was off of the first album. So, of course, why not start out there? Why not get to some more countries over there as well? But of course, from my standpoint, you know, I'm I'm here in the US. I'm on, if I remember correctly, you're on one side of Wisconsin. I'm on the other side. So I'm like, I'm waiting for that U.S. tour to pop off so I can finally get to see you guys play live. So, I mean, there's a lot of logistics and kind of behind the scenes stuff that goes on with that. Like, so to us, I, I would say, actually, though, we have just as much interest in the U.S., right? So if we look at the press we're doing right now. There's probably more press in the U.S. this time versus the center. So um, the interest is there. It's it's also timing and correct mm-hmm. tours and correct spots and can we do this tour at this time kind of thing? So um, I would love to think that I do f- firmly believe that there's equal interest here. Now we're, a, we're a, a probably considered UK based band, right? You know, with, with where we're at, we kind of split, but um, yeah, it's interesting. There's been three times more press for the U S this time than it has been the UK. Last time there's three times more press for the UK and we, we haven't stopped doing press for weeks right now. So it's exciting because people are vibing with it, right? Um, and people connecting with it. So I kind of hope is that we kind of get get the exposure on it more in the US this time. And, and it kind of leverages, you know, I'm a US-based label specific, uh, all those things. Um, so I think a goal really is to be, we really want to play the US. And I, I think that will happen. I mean, I, I hope it does happen because, again, whenever I have get back, uh, bands on the podcast, guests on the podcast, I always want to see them perform live if I can. Just because it's a, I love seeing live music. It's one of my favorite things. Of course, if there's going to be a band that's going to induce one hell of a mosh pit, I'm always going to be partial to that because I like to go smashy, smashy in the middle of those things. However, it is incredible that, you know, you guys saw a lot more press from the UK compared to the US on the first album. And now it's essentially flipped over for this one. So it, it kind of gives more of that potential where, not only can you be like, okay, you know, I've seen bands where they have a much bigger following over in Europe versus the U.S. and vice versa as well. That's what happens when, you know, there's a big giant thing called the Atlantic Ocean separating the two entities. 
However, it's cool that you guys, it's like, it's finally like that balance that's happening here, especially in press. But now let's see that balance happen when it comes to the album releasing and the fans listening to it. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time and, and, um, we had a good conversation on our label today. It's like, if you look at the requests we get personally and everything else too, about where we should play, it's as much, if not more us. So something's going right that way and people are getting exposure to it. So we're pretty excited about it. All right. Now I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask this interesting question that just popped into my head because again, we know you guys are going out and over in Europe, right. As the album releases to get going on that in the spring, when it comes to potentially summer, fall, whatever it is, but even looking ahead, when it comes to touring, is there a band, an artist, or a couple of bands or artists that you would absolutely love to tour with with Kill the Lights? Um, I mean, is that, there's a, probably a laundry list of bands we'd probably like to tour with. You know what I mean? <clears throat> anything from, I mean, anything from Sleep Token to Lamb of God to Kill Switch on that side of things. To, shit, I would tour with Testament. I love that band, right? Like Thrash. I mean, like... uh to bad omens to i mean so I, I think the cool thing is we we have kind of a pocket to be able to tour with those bands and 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 fit in you know which we're not locked to a specific space where we have to do that so through the two albums we could create a set list that kind of fits them fits the mold in a, in a good way still completely kill lights but could fit with any of that you know so um like i say what i just named there is like a kind of a broad spectrum of stuff you know what i mean to it's shit to even call, you know, i'm an old school corn fan right? i could do that too right i you know so i think we could we could win over a crowd in any of those situations and uh, it's a pretty sweet spot to feel, feel like you're in you know oh absolutely i would be really interested to see you guys play alongside sleep token just based on what you guys were able to do with death melodies and seeing how it has more of that creativity to it that you know sleep token has their own sense of creativity which is absolutely insane but the creativity you guys are able to work with here on Death Melodies, but also, especially as a lot of fans will be going to see Sleep Token, you're going to get a lot of fans that found out about them because of the heavier stuff they have, because of the more metal side of it. And that's an audience that's really going to take to you guys. Again, pl- me, use me as like the exact like, you know, like guinea pig or uh, target market for something like that, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to see Sleep Token. But if there's going to be a band that's open for them, I want something that's going to be heavier. It's going to have maybe some energy to it to bring forward more of that metal side. That's where I think you guys would definitely fit in. Bad Omens, another great example. I've seen different bands open for Bad Omens from the heavier side to the lighter side. And you guys fit perfectly in there where going from you guys to Bad Omens, it can make a lot of sense. And overall flow from one band to the next it, we're not missing out on anything. We're not missing out on just having this massive dip in energy. It flows together very nicely already in my head. So maybe there can be a little push to have that happen. I'm not sure though. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, so, so what would that, what would your what would your dream Kill the Lights tour lineup be then? Ooh, I so yeah, I'm, gonna put it back, I'm gonna put it back on you now. You're throwing the questions at me. That that, that that is that is a good one. So I would definitely have. I would. So just try, thinking about how the, the way that this came forward, I would have you guys on there. Um, my headliner would actually be uh, Avenged Sevenfold for that uh, tour. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think because I want to put one more band on there too. I'm just trying to think of someone that like is just trying to see where I could go with that because listening through Death Melodies, there were a couple of pieces where I'm like, that kind of brings forward some of those Avenged Sevenfold feelings right there. And yep. I feel like the transition overall, especially with some of the energy, perfect way to go about it otherwise 
Um, I I think I may I think I even brought them up earlier, but I could probably you could probably throw Trivium in there too, and it would okay. still work. So yeah, I'll go with that. It's Kill the Lights, Trivium, Avenge Sevenfold. It's a pretty it's a pretty stacked lineup. That's cool. I'll take it. Stack set that up. stack that lineup. Put it in arenas and let's have some fun. Yeah, that's set up right now. Let's go. I, I mean, if I'm if I would be able to, you know, book something like that, I totally would. But I don't think I have the power right now to make that happen. Yeah, like I said, I think the cool thing is we could do that. I think we could hang with like an I prevail. You know, oh, yeah. I think we could. You know what I mean? Like, I think it translates. So it's it's a yeah. Like I said, I think we're kind of covering the covering the gamut. We are. I was not expecting to throw that back at me though. But I have like I had some ideas and I just had to put them together. It's my favorite thing to do in interviews. Is like you busy interviewing me and I'll throw some back and catch you out. It's great. I mean, I'm always I'm always good on my feet like that, but I'm not used to it as much anymore as compared to some of the earlier interviews I did. Now it's just yep. you know more. I don't get that to happen. I'm I'm actually yep. really excited that it happened. So James, thank yeah, you. Yeah. That's good. I guess like, the good thing is right, it's, and, and the kind of cool thing all about is the interaction. But it's you know what excites myself and the guys in the band is to kind of good or bad, right? So to learn or hear what people's take on it is and what the take on who we should talk with or who 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 do you what influence do you hear you know all that stuff is is and it varies you know and favorite songs what's your favorite song like you your three today is different from the interview you used to that's only had two or three different ones so it's a which again it's doing i think we're doing what we need to be doing and it's it's impacting and touching people you know so Oh, I definitely think you are. And hopefully that, you know, what this conversation from the stuff that you enjoyed about this album, writing it and the stuff that I enjoyed about it as well, just kind of amplified more of what you were looking for in terms of what um, some people, especially that have heard it already before the release of it are thinking what they're seeing in it and how they're taking to it. Awesome. All right. I got one more question for you before you go. Are you ready? Yep. I've been asking this question ever since the beginning of September to every band I've had on, and I'm sending it your way. So, James, can you name me three bands or artists that you would love to see get more notoriety, get more exposure, and get more listens to? Can be bigger than you, smaller than you, whatever it is. I just want to get some more new music out of you. Interesting. Interesting. I would have said Sleep Token two years ago, but that doesn't count anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that don't count right now. <laughs> I should look through my Spotify playlist right now because, like, what's interesting is I've been looking through, looking through some like, and this is my like kind of like standard practice looking through some, uh, looking through some UK bands just to be because I'm interested. I'm interested in different scenes, different you know like. There's a band uh, randomly had a conversation with a singer from the band on Instagram um, called Tova T O V A UK band. Few singles out. It's kind of got that modern UK rap with some heavier Bring Me the Horizon vibes to it. They're just kind of newish to the scene. Um, again, like I'm just trying to think through. I mean, that's kind of the the one off that just looking through right now that I've it comes off comes like again a friend of ours that we met in a studio five years ago is an English band called Blanket, kind of very English indie band, totally different. But again, like I try to like try to mix it up you know what i mean like mm -hmm. to be honest my guilty pleasure sadly is a little bit of country um and so i but again part of that is just inspiration through like mm -hmm. lyrical content too you know so i would uh even um I'll even reference one here which is completely off the completely different it would be uh let me see cody johnson is a country artist right but there's there's some really cool like lyrically is one called the painter 
uh it's specifically about his his life with his wife and kind of the re the, the the kind of color that came to his life after he met her and it was black and white again lyrical content kind of absorbing that like a story <clears throat> but so for me it's just a, it's a mix of things and like my, my musical listening is is so broad and wide and different and it's based on mood and feelings and everything else too so i am a huge metal guy that being said you know but um but yeah just a couple that's just a couple randoms right there of two uk bands that are kind of underground bands right now uh, you know mostly unsigned and and just kind of getting a little bit of exposure so and the cool thing is you know as we work through and are looking at bands to open the tour as well you know we're, we're getting submissions it's really cool to see some of these up-and-coming bands right now too that that are pushing through and changing dynamics and you know shaping the new next wave of what music is it's really cool i think Hopefully that might that be a little bit I'll say, I think that might have been one of the best uh, question answers to that whole entire question I've ever had because you went to some completely different places, but also explaining like your context behind them too, especially the Cody Johnson one. That was one yep. I was not expecting, but it makes a lot of sense. Lyrical content, just how the story is portrayed with what you're trying to talk about. It makes a lot of sense and how you can use that as influence in your music to bring forward the certain things you want to talk about and hear how some of those different pieces of lyricism, how different metaphors can come and amplify what you're trying to show. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you ask the guys in that band too, you'd probably get three very different mix of bands too. You know, like I was digging deep into to some old school punk, but also new, new school punk recently too. You know, that's a genre I love as well. You know what I mean? And kind of also finding my old like going back to damn if i would go back to like even early early school rap rock which would be kind of downset which band not people not many people heard of band downset but this is pre to pre to like as just reggie and machine are coming out and uh this is pre limp biscuit like bands that are in that realm too it's just like it's kind of fun to re go back to kind of go back to your old roots and find stuff that you used to love and you know like a band punk band propaganda like gotta listen to that like you know some of the hardcore old hardcore stuff that i hardcore hardcore stuff i used to listen to so it's fun to kind of re-explore that and like draw kind of influence from that too right so taking the old and the new and kind of blending it together and you know when i'm writing even even a, taking a country piece right whether it's a, a, a line or a theme or a title from that like it, it kind of gives me inspiration it's pretty fun to be able to do that I mean, I, I think you just said it perfectly too. Just get, you can even go back further into your whole entire musical history from what you listen to and find certain things that you love, figure out why you love them and see even more influences off of that. It's absolutely incredible. And I'm not sure to be able to end the podcast better than something like that, but I'm going to try. So James, I'm going to end this podcast with you with three things. First things first, when it comes to Kill the Lights, when it comes to Death Mellies, which comes out on March 8th, this is going to be the best way for you to make sure you do not miss out on it. You're going to go to the description of the podcast where it says find Kill the Lights online. Links and labels for all their socials are going to be there where you can check them on YouTube, where you can find them online with their website, where you can go get tickets for their shows when they're over in Europe and potentially when they play in the U.S. at some point this year. Hopefully they're coming near you. That thumbs up makes it sound like it's really good right now. And also go pre-save the album, pre-order, get some merch, whatever it's going to be, all down in the description of the podcast for you. So I'm being your personal Google on this one, so don't let me down. Now it's time for number two. And the last minute of the podcast, I remember making you a promise that said, when I get to you perform live for the first time, that first round's on me. Well, it's your second time on the podcast, and I have not seen you two perform rounds. live yet. Two so rounds. it's two, two rounds, rounds, baby. It's two rounds. Two rounds. That's I good. I owe, I owe you too, so I'm hoping yeah. that this is the year I can finally pay up on that.
There we go. Well, can't we can't be having too many more as we'll be drunk by the time we actually get the drink done, right? Because we have two or three or four. We're like, we it's gonna get long. It's gonna be a late night. It's it's gonna be a late night, but it's gonna be fun. And if it, if it's on a weeknight, honestly, I don't care because what's more fun, having fun at a show and hanging out with people I enjoy, or getting enough yep. sleep to go to work the next day. I'm taking option one. Option one, option one. And as I always say, like. Uh, keep keep track and make sure you uh, you're seeing where we're at because we will we'll throw you on the guest list whenever you're in our town, whenever in your town. So perfect, I will keep track yeah. and I'll let you know which one I'm planning to go out to. So James, now when I bring this podcast to conclusion, not end this by saying goodbye because had you on back in 2020, now it's 24. We're doing it again. I would love you back on again in the future. These are always great conversations. Plus, I got to make good on the first two rounds on me. Promise, I will see okay. you play live soon. So this is not goodbye, my friend. This is. I'll see you later. Till next time. Well, folks, this is my interview with James from Kill the Lights. And now it's time for Kevin's final thought. I mean, I, I love the fact that with their talk, when James was talking about how this album was written, especially when all the guys were finally able to get together, especially being from all different parts of not only the United States, but also in the UK as well, get together and really work on these together, but also have the freedom to work on these in groups, whether it's two or three people. This is like the group project that actually works out because people are taking the time, taking the issue, taking the creativity and the chemistry just works. And when you listen through this album, when you listen through Death Melodies, that chemistry is put full into force. Of course, we're going to get songs that have a little bit more of some certain influences. You're going to get certain Bolt From My Valentine influences because of guys like Moose that are in the band. You're going to get certain influences that I feel like are from Avenged Sevenfold, certain influences that might be from Trivium, a couple other bands. I think Chevelle popped in there once as well for me as well. However, you're also going to get this full fleshed out feel that you know that these are Kill the Light songs. You're seeing the band take charge of their own sound. You're seeing them push the boundaries in further because of the comfortability in that songwriting process process and in the overall comfortability they have with each other and trust they have with each other. Again, how important is band chemistry in this? And they're creating something that has flow, has power to it, is a lot of fun to listen to, but at the exact same time is a full experience in its own right. So when you get to listen to Death Melodies, please go from the beginning to the end. Enjoy it every step of the way. Again, I gave my three favorite songs on it. You can listen to Broken Bones, which is a single already. Listen to Bleeding. Bleeding is another one of my favorites. And of course, Ghost of Yesterday, the one that made me think, holy shit, this is Trivium Influence, and it is freaking awesome. So go and do that. When it comes to Kill Light Zone, when it comes to Death Mellies, go script for the podcast. Everything will be there from their social medias, YouTube, where you can buy concert tickets, where you can check out what they're going to be playing live, where you can get some merch, and where you can pre-order the album as well. Also, make sure you're liking and subscribing to this video on YouTube. Uh, hit the subscribe button on Spotify Podcast as well. Help keep getting in the know of all these great bands, all the great new music coming out. Be sure to follow along the Core Progression Podcast. Links below as well, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you, James. Looking forward to getting those two first rounds for you. On that note, that's good for you guys. Thank you for watching, listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. It's the big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all.